Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to episode 12 of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, according to ASIC, a comfortable income for a couple is $59,971 and a modest income is $34,855. Now, without taking into consideration the age pension, you would need $1.2 million if you wanted to have a comfortable lifestyle when you retired. Or if you don't include the age pension, $720,000 for a modest lifestyle, which assumes a lifespan until the age of 85. Now, joining me today is Katie McDonald. Katie brings a unique experience to financial planning and Empire Financial Group. With over 20 years of personal investment experience, five years as a business owner working specifically with women and financial literacy, in addition to working as a business owner for the Chamber of Commerce. She's currently a financial advisor for Empire Financial Group and they specialise in advising women on achieving and managing financial independence, small business retirement planning, growing families and aspirant couples and individuals. Now on today's show, Katie is going to answer the question, do you really need $1 million to retire? If so, how do you get there? As well as the importance of getting good advice and what that good advice actually looks like and so much more. So welcome to the show, Katie. Hi, Amory. Thank you for your kind invitation. Oh, look, absolutely. My pleasure. As we mentioned uh, before we hit record, this is an area that many women, unfortunately, are not educated in. And you said, look, this is something that we're passionate about sharing more around because it's critical, isn't it, for women to be far more empowered and knowledgeable around their financial capacity and decisions that they're making. I agree. And I think that the reason why potentially women aren't um, empowering themselves is because they don't believe they're capable of doing so. And mm. it could be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. Women are actually very good at maths and sciences and understanding budgets. Most women run the family budget. They do the grocery shopping and know when they get to the end of the grocery line, whether they've actually gone over or under just by the amount of shopping they've got in their trolley. And so if you, all you need to do is extend it from that and disguise the limits. Mm -hmm. Most of the women that I work with cannot believe how easy it is to actually start 
take control and understand it once they get a couple of tools under their belt. Yeah, and it's so true, isn't it? Something that we don't know much about, we tend to shy away from, particularly if we presume that something is difficult. But as you said, once you share with them the, the principles and the key things they need to be aware of, more educated, they can make far more informed decisions and, and be empowered to do so. And I think one of the key things is for women, no matter what age, it's important to, to, to educate yourself. But the earlier you start, the better off you'll become. But that doesn't matter for, for all of us who are, tend to be more mature age. Um, whatever we learn from this point forward is certainly going to impact too. So let's talk a little bit more about that question that I'm sure you're often asked, Katie. Do we really need a million dollars to retire? So the reason why I put that as the first headline is because a lot of people don't know how much they do need to retire. Mm -hmm. And the question becomes evident as you start to unpack how much you're currently spending and in turn what that would mean, in what you would need in order to actually continue a lifestyle to your current lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I'll give an example. Say um, you've got a, a single woman who is earning around $100,000 a year. She has a mortgage and that mortgage is roughly costing her $20,000 a year. After tax, what it effectively means is that this person is living off around $50,000 a year. So that gives you your starting point to say, if I had no debt, what would I need in order to live the lifestyle that I'm currently living now? Mm -hmm. And then once you get that number so everybody can work that out you know how much you're earning you know how much you're earning after tax you know how much your debts are so you know how much you're paying every month or every year or what have you if you remove them the tax and the debt what's ever left over is what you're currently living off and if you feel comfortable living off that amount of money so you're you know doing things that you enjoy doing so on and so forth then what we need to do is work out how we get you in retirement to that number. Mm. So in it, for example, somebody living off $50,000 would need, would need actually somewhere in the vicinity of a million dollars, give or take a um, hundred thousand or so. All of these figures though are excluding any age pension because mm. when that comes into play, it obviously extends the life of your income. Yes. And the the conversation that's uh, being you know spoken around Canberra and where our, the key decision makers uh, you know in our government who knows how long that age pension is going to run because the the rules continue to change don't they? The age pension is a is interesting. So superannuation. I was reading in the newspaper last weekend superannuation has now been around for twenty five years, mm -hmm. and as of this year. 80% of all retirees still are living off some part of the age pension. Mm -hmm. So what that says is that we need to put more focus into super. We need to think about super as a real asset and start actually paying attention to it earlier because something's not working and 9.5% of your income every year isn't enough. And I know that for some people who are just starting their careers or they're still, you know, early on in their career, this can seem like, well, you know, I don't have to think about that for another decade at least. But really, from your point of view, the earlier you start, the better off you're going to be, yes? 
No, that's exactly right. We've actually done an average of our clients over the last three years and how much added value we can add to their end result um, based on taking our advice in comparison to doing what they're currently doing. Mm. And what we've noticed is that the earlier you start, the more benefit you can get with our advice. So for example, a person in their 30s, without doing much, so we're not talking about, you know, eating bread and baked beans and so on and so forth and that's it. Mm -hmm. we're, we're talking about continuing your current lifestyle with a few little changes, you can add somewhere between 1.3 and $2 million to your end net result. Yeah. And when you look at it that way, that kind of gets exciting, doesn't it? Just by making some uh, changes at the front end when you're just starting, starting work. Mm, I agree. Mm. I had a client come in the other day and they're in their late 20s. Um, and what they're going to put in place after about three months, they won't even notice the differences that they're making. And so you can imagine then if they continue this on for the next 20, 30 years, how much wealth they'll accumulate and they won't actually have noticed. It will only be a short-term pain of around three months mm -hmm. and then there'll be smooth sailing from there. Yeah. So you mentioned superannuation is definitely something that we need to give far more attention to what we're currently giving So or giving it. And so I would assume that no matter what age we are at, that would be one area, like in increasing, would that be? Let's, let's talk about some of the things that um, the advice or some of the information that you often will share with your clients. So currently super rules have changed and it's now that a tax benefit of only, you can only put up to $25,000 a year in. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that you do have to start early because $25,000 a year extrapolated over say only a 10 year period isn't going to be very much, mm. but over a 20 or 30 year period is going to be a substantial in um, uptake. That is one of the areas that we will always look at when giving financial advice because the benefit of super is the tax environment. Mm -hmm. It's not, it, if you think of it just as another asset like a, an investment property or a share portfolio, superannuation is another investment portal that basically has beautiful tax advantages, such as only being 15% when you're working and no tax when you're not working. Other areas that we will look at when giving um, investment advice is uh, what is your end goal and how we're going to get you there. And then we look at the different products. So for example, it could be that uh, a property investment property is going to be your best form to get you to your end goal. Or it could mean that a share portfolio is going to be what's going to help you the most. It depends on what you're looking for. So a lot of our clients are looking at get, going on holidays um, between now and retiring. They're looking at school fees. They're looking at paying off their home loan. And then they're looking at retirement as their end goal. And we need to then navigate through all those little expenses or large expenses um, to ensure that they one live good and comfortably now but two that's not at the detriment of retirement. I think when you're looking at uh, you know a, a plan once you're educated we said earlier that often people don't even seek advice because it's so confusing but I you know once we're far more educated and then have a plan it's just following that that plan and I'd imagine too it's regularly keeping your finger on the pulse connecting with you seeing what's you know what's changing in the industry and what 
changes and tweaks you need to make to your plan. Speak a little bit about that because for some people this is all very new information. So I suppose the first thing that needs to be diversified is that financial planners actually are um, really good at looking at a whole picture and they mm. don't just say stop spending money and we'll make your life better. <laughs> we actually look at everything that's going on in your life and then put a plan in place. So mm. we look at, for example, couples who have kids, couples who have teenagers, couples that have um, uh, uni students, couples that don't have kids, single women, single men men, so on and so forth. And we look at their whole life from where they currently are now and all the little steps along the way in order to get them to their end goal or even their short-term goals or medium-term goals. Once we've found out what those goals are, then a plan is put into place. And then we check in um, every three months, every six months or every year, depending on their circumstances, mm -hmm. formally to see how they're going. Are you paying your mortgage off? Have you been putting money into your super? Have you, been, have you bought that investment property? How are the tenants going? Is the investment um, portfolio that we've put in place, you now need to draw down on it to pay for your school fees. Let's start putting those things. And so along the way, we're manipulating, changing the plan and actually getting the plan fine-tuned so that it works for the client. Mm -hmm. Sort of like when you um, start a fitness re regime. Um, you could do it by yourself, but it's far more successful if you actually uh, join a gym and get a personal trainer, speak to professionals, read some information and touch base whenever needed in order to make sure that you're going still down the right track. Yeah, absolutely. And something that you said, and this is so important for us to, to be mindful of, that changes that occur, you know, may really impact the plan that we're following. So we not only need to find someone that we, we trust and that, you know, because obviously we're sharing information and talking about money and money is one of those topics that I know for many people, it's quite awkward to, to talk about but that we remain in, in touch so that we share with you what changes have been done so that can impact and uh, we, we need to be aware of that, yes? Yeah, that's exactly right. Everybody's life changes continuously. Um, you may get a new job, you may uh, get divorced, you may have a new baby, you may buy a new house. And as mm -hmm. everything is changing and it's constantly evolving, you need to be touching base with a financial planner so that they can actually help you to make a good decision that not only affects you currently, but also looks at you from the long-term perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I want you really, you know, an area that I think you can really speak into is around the importance of getting good advice and what advice looks like. Because I'm sure for many of us, unfortunately, we've heard of some horror stories. Some of us may have been given advice or taken advice. And, you know, sometimes that advice is from well-meaning friends and, and family. And we can see that, you know what, they're not experts in this field. So go to someone who who is share a little bit more about how we can look for the right advice what does that look like and of course the importance of getting good advice 
the reason why I originally started my uh, business, which was educating women on how financial planning and how finances work is because I was a little skeptical of the advice that was being given to um, women that weren't educated enough to actually know whether that was good advice or not. Mm. So what I started doing was explaining the basics of this is what a property does. This is how investments does. This is what an, a share portfolio does. This is how it works. This is what the long term uh, benefits and, and disadvantages are with all the different elements coming into play. When seeking financial planning advice, you need to feel 100% comfortable with asking whatever question you would like to ask. And that financial planner should be able to explain to you in as much detail as you require what they are talking about. Mm -hmm. So if they're suggesting to put money into a share portfolio, you need to understand why they need to be able to explain it. They also need to be able to explain it until you completely understand it. Mm -hmm. This is the same with a share portfolio and, and a property portfolio and so on and so forth. So that's the first thing about looking for advice is making sure when you have that initial meeting and in generally those initial meetings are at the expense of the financial planner is that um, they explain everything in as much detail as humanly possible and that you feel comfortable speaking to them further. Yes. The next thing you need to know is how they are going to get paid for their services. So um, because that does in some respects may affect um, where they um, recommend putting your money. Mm -hmm. So if a financial planner gets paid by commission only, in turn, it feels like you're not paying them. So it feels like you're getting something for free and therefore you may be, you may steer towards that kind of advice for that reason. But inevitably, the financial planner is getting commission and therefore they will be putting their money, your money that you've worked hard for in a place that they get commission for. So they're never going to suggest paying your home loan off and they're never going to suggest buying an investment of property even if that is the area that is going to be best suited for your personal circumstances and the reason they're never going to suggest it is because they don't get paid if you don't put your money with them yes so you need to understand how the financial planner um, gets paid and fee for service is the best way for you to understand that and know that a financial planner is giving you the best advice possible. Mm -hmm. So those are two key areas, making sure you feel comfortable, the financial planner knows what they're talking about and can, can, can explain it and how they are getting paid for their services. The next thing is to understand who um, they're aligned to and how how much flexibility they have with recommending products and services. Also, how far out of the box they actually can do things. For example, some financial planners cannot give advice on um, putting your money into paying a mortgage off. They can only give advice on actually putting money into super or putting money into or getting insurances. So you need to understand what their limitations are and what they are actually capable of doing. A good financial planner, I believe, is a person that can explain everything, is fee-for-service and has the flexibility to be able to give you advice on all aspects of your, financial, your family's financial 
area. So then Katie, when we're talking to someone then, the initial meeting, I'd imagine then that the questions would be the two fee-for-service is one and obviously feeling comfortable in, in the conversation and not being scared to ask more questions. Why is that? Get them to, to fill you in. And if they're not able to answer that or it's too jargon, that may be a, the thing that really um, hones that decision. And the, no, we're not going to go with, with that particular person. So talking about flexibility in the in all aspects then, would that be a question such as, where are you able to provide us advice across all areas or like a, is there a, a sentence or so that you can support us in this is what you need to to ask because sometimes we don't know what we don't know it's just being very very clear and saying okay I need to understand what advice you can give me are mm. you able to give me advice in super in property in mm. debt repayment in share portfolios or do you have limitations into where you can be advised Mm -hmm. and it's very very clear and they they should be able to answer yes or no are there any alarm bells that things maybe that you've heard previously or things that we just need to be aware of obviously anything that that doesn't match up with what you've just said but there are there any things that you would say you know keep an eye out or an ear out for this if that happens, then, you, you know, you reconsider whether that's someone you should go with or not. I would be very alarmed with um, people solely selling uh, property. That's one of the areas that hasn't got um, any compliance through ASIC or uh, the government in regards to what they should and shouldn't be giving advice on. And it's a very grey area. So anybody's suggesting that they're a financial planner selling property mm-hmm. or buying, uh, selling house and land packages I would be very very nervous about um, doing any business with them the amount of commission that they get for selling a house and land package or any type of property is somewhere in the vicinity between ten and twenty thousand dollars so it's in their best interest to sell you whatever is possible so if you go to one of those free seminars where they're selling property and if you sign up now you'll make a million dollars by the time you're 35 I would run for the door very quickly so that's the first area Um, a financial planner they're not they're actually not financial planners they're just claiming that they are because financial planners can't do things like that but they may twist themselves or give themselves a um, type of title that suggests that they are sort of a financial planner so that's the first thing is any property spruikers um, giving advice on house and land packages and that they're going to get a massive commission from is something that you should definitely be very, very concerned about. The next area that I would be uh, concerned about is a financial planner that has only is only dealing in insurance and superannuation um, unless that's all you need if you only need advice on your super and if you only need advice on getting some like life insurances and things in place um, then that's the financial planner for you but I would hazard a guess that most people who need advice in the financial space would want it on everything mm. from paying off debt to affording school fees to retiring comfortably. So a financial planner that's dealing solely in the super and insurance space, it's not a concern or alarm bells. It's more along the lines of, is that all you really want? Because you could get a whole lot more than just that. Anybody who suggests that you're going to get returns above 10%, 
is a concern for me. You don't get things for free, no matter how much we want to. <laughs> it's like the diet pill. You know the diet pills on late at night that mm -hmm. um, promise you if you drink this potion, you will lose five kilos every week for the next you know, six months and you will fit into that size uh, zero yeah. dress. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, that's not true. Yeah. It may work for a couple of people, but for most people, it won't. And so anybody that's suggesting to buy this magic pop product and you'll become a millionaire is, again, a place that I would steer clear on. Because, you know, from what you've been saying, we can really see that this plan, it's building the solid foundations that's specific and very specific to, the, to your needs, situations, circumstances, very much to your, your goals as to the steps that you need to take so it's very customized and if they're not even sure about who you are and they can provide advice across all different areas because let's face it I'm sure that uh, you know an, an impact even from government you know decision makers that might change is going to impact something that's in, in your portfolio that will no doubt impact other areas too so if you've only got someone who can provide advice in a certain area how on earth do you know if that's going to be good all-round advice because you know other things may need to then be taken up or put into consideration so it makes a lot of sense to have someone who's able to provide a you know a holistic view across different you know programs portfolios platforms whatever you want to call it to, to your best interest to suit the goals and the outcomes that you want yes there yeah, that's exactly right see your circumstances is completely different to my circumstances it's mm -hmm. completely different to the four clients that I saw over the last couple of days yes. um, and everybody has different goals if different um, they're in a different time frame in their life they've got in different relationships and so on and so forth so what you want is somebody who can actually make sure they understand what is important to you and then put together a plan that reflects that brilliant brilliant if someone is listening today and this is the first time that they have heard this information what last insight would you have and then what we'll do is certainly give you an opportunity to share how people can get in contact with you to find out more about how you can support them if this is the first time that you've ever thought about your finances and if you're wondering if you're on the right track and you want to know a little bit more i would recommend um, first of all going to uh, the ASIC website they've got some really good money tools on there that would enable you to potentially have a look at how much you're getting paid have a look at what kind of debt you have what your super looks like what an investment property does for you and then just play around with it for a little while so that you get a good understanding of what you're sort of looking like financially mm. The next step I would do is I would, I would ask people who you believe um, are stable in their financial um, life if they've got a recommendation for a financial planner. Um, most you'll be quite surprised at how um, if somebody is very very happy with their financial planner, how well they are and how quite happy they are to share that yeah. um, and tell you to go and see them mm -hmm. and then the next step is that to see maybe one or two or three financial planners to make to understand the difference between them and those meetings that first meeting um, 
is in most cases at the expense of the financial planner. Mm -hmm. So you'd be able to actually see maybe two, three at the most. I wouldn't go, you know, seeing five, you'll just get confused. Um, and I would try to choose them based on other people who um, have referred yes. and maybe see a bank financial planner so that you can see the difference between a bank financial planner and independent financial planners. Mm. And I would imagine the bank financial planner has vested interests in promoting the bank's products. Am I correct? Or they're, they're quite To flexible. an extent, that's mm. exactly right. And yeah. you've got to, you know, and I'm sure that you would understand that going into a Westpac branch or going into a Commonwealth Bank branch, you would understand that the products that they're going to suggest you need to invest in are their products. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. And how can people connect with you if they've really resonated with what you've shared today and uh, would like to arrange a meeting with you, Katie? Um, so you can go on to the Empire website, which is www.efg.net.au, or you can email me at katie at efg.net.au. Fantastic. And Katie, I know that you're based in Western Australia. If people are based in other states and other towns, do you also have representation across other areas too, or primarily within um, WA where you're, where you're based? These days with technology, you can actually have um, clients throughout the whole of Australia. Um, I have many clients in uh, the eastern states. It's actually a little bit easier with the time difference. Um, and so we have conversations over webinars. We have conversations over the phone, mm -hmm. um, over Skype, whatever's easiest for them. And sometimes when they're passing through, they also um, connect in and drop by and we have a meeting then. It's good. Um, good well, great to get a face to the name and I'm yeah. also over in the eastern states regularly so I can always drop in and see them there so we don't have offices anywhere else but mm -hmm. the conversations can definitely be over the phone or through webinars yeah well that's the brilliance isn't it of uh, yeah. technology now uh, location often does not restrict us in being able to um, to get advice and to work with key people who are experts in their field and, and certainly it's been such a pleasure. I mean, I've learned a lot and I think the more we learn, the more we realise, you know, it's not scary at all. Just inform yourself and if you don't know, ask questions and ask more questions. And the way that you've explained things, uh, yeah, in a very non-technical, non-jargon way and uh, hopefully uh, many other people will now be able to feel more comfortable in reaching out and, and having those initial conversations with, with a financial planner. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Amory. I really enjoyed it. And, and really, we aren't that scary. Um, <laughs> it is a very good idea to speak to a financial planner. Yeah. And I, there are a lot of really good financial planners out there. So even if you don't come and see me, um, I highly recommend at least having a couple of meetings. Um, you will be very surprised at how much um, a difference it will make in your current situation and your end result. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks once again for coming on the show. No problems. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I know you've taken away lots of information and certainly those key steps that Katie shared, make sure that you do implement those sooner than later, because as we know now, the sooner you start, uh, the better off that you will be. But that doesn't mean if you're a little bit later on in life, you do need to go and speak to someone too. Now to find out more about Business Women Australia and how you can become part of this dynamic collective of leaders and learners, so you can gain the knowledge and skills that'll enable you 
to succeed in business. Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au. Hi, it's Anne-Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to the show and have thought about creating your own podcast so you too can become an influential voice in your industry, but you just don't know where to start? I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where you'll learn what you need to do to stand out, be heard, and influence your audience from your very first podcast. I'm also giving you my step-by-step -step podcast production workflow checklist, including the tools I use, as well as a checklist of no-cost and low-cost tools to get you started. To access, go to annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training.